0: Hello, and welcome to The Dirt, a podcast about archaeology, anthropology, and our shared human past. I'm Anna.
1: And I'm Amber, and this episode is late.
0: Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, pals. Uh, it is that time of year. Our work calendars are extra jam-packed, but that but, dust will all settle. Soon? <laughs> soon.
1: <laughs> what, what What? was it that I said to y'all in the group chat? I was like, oh, I'm going to start working around like eight or nine. Oh, yeah. When day. are you
0: done? And then I was like, mid August. <laughs> Tears. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to hunker down during our brief winter breaks, our respective ones, and get Even some content the can. in the cave. Even if
1: we didn't get to hunker down.
0: Did I say hunker?
1: No, I said oh. that we didn't get to hunker down <laughs> because of. <laughs>
0: No, Busy yes. Busy work
1: and illness schedules.
0: Yes, we did not get to spend Hanukkah. Any of the nights. Any of the many, many <laughs> so nights. So many chances. So many chances. Uh, so many microbes. Uh, yeah, we've been sick. But in the meantime, as always, thank you so much for sticking with us. Sorry. Thank you.
1: Yeah, uh, and a very quick but very consequential plug uh before we get to the episode itself so our oh anna rewrote what i wrote know i didn't realize you'd rewritten it me, no 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 that makes me seem like not the villain of my own story uh, but not. our attempt at switching from patreon to ghost uh, didn't work out uh, anna's written here irreconcilable differences i think between me and understanding The answer was right in front of us the whole time, which was Captivate, which is how you're listening to this now, whether you knew it or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, our platform that hosts the show, Captivate, uh, does allow us to do member content. So, we are doing memberships. So... This is the big announcement that I didn't really prepare for. So now, like every big announcement I have in life, uh, so this is this is really great. So now, rather than having multiple tiers of increasing expense uh, to folks, there is now a tier. Uh, for all of the premium content, the stuff that is a spicy will be labeled as explicit. So if you yeah. have any kind of concerns we say some swears. about that, or if like you have like filters for your content and stuff like that, that may, I don't know how that works, but it's in there. It's in the metadata. <laughs> um, but all of that is behind a single paywall. Um, and that is uh, $5 a month uh after a seven day free trial. So you can listen to however m- actually I don't think you could get through all of the stuff we have uh of our premium content in that time. So nope. ha <laughs> literal days worth. Jokes on you. Uh but yeah so we have a uh single a single tier for premium content. We don't intend to release any less. This just will be a way for us to um be a little bit easier on ourselves. Would also be easier on y'all financially. And a little bit more organized uh, as well. Yeah, and it's and it's much more streamlined. I yeah. think is that's really is. What so it's is it. yeah. it's just much simpler. It's the same
0: the same workflow. I like uh, so simple. we're being
1: agile. So um and so there is when you go to captivate, um, which the link will be in the show notes below because it's kind of clunky to say. What I will say it momentarily. Um, When you go there, you will see that there are two categories of membership. There is one that is for you. If this is the first time you're subscribing to us. Thank you. That's great. You get a seven day free trial. Thank you so much. This is the other. Here comes the other important update. Um, If you, like I, don't check your messages from creators on Patreon, you (laughs) might not know, patrons, (laughs) um, that for everyone who has been a paid patron of our show over the past five years you thank you have thank you and in recognition of of the financial contribution that you have made and sort of the emotional (laughs) (laughs) that has given us also by signing up um you are um you are eligible to join the patron legacy feed um and so that is where you will go uh, and you just get an RSS feed that goes into your Podcatcher, um, but it will be free to you forever. forever. So, if you um, if you aren't if you haven't been a patron before and you sign up for that one um, at some point, uh, I I will notice. We'll kick you out. Um, <laughs> And you'll be rem- we'll we'll ask you to to join the other one and you'll get another seven day free trial. Um, uh, yeah. We're, so that's something that uh, that's that's a way that we're trying to. Um, I don't know, trying to pay, pay all back for what you've done so far to support us, which has been everything that we've done so far with the show. Uh, so Truly.
0: otherwise we would just be, you know, talking to ourselves across a Zoom meeting, which we could do anytime.
1: We, we could do anytime. Mm. Um, and it wouldn't be as much of a problem when my dog perceives my cat. Uh, so. Hi. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that is there. And to the patrons who have become members, who have uh, intentionally opted to pay us money moving forward.
0: Gosh. Gosh! What are you doing? Thank you,
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you so much.
0: You don't have to. You don't uh, have
1: so, to. <laughs> so thank you, thank you to everyone. Uh, welcome to those who are are joining us. We'll have the new content. Uh, we'll start releasing new content at the beginning of 2024. So in mm-hmm. like two weeks, mm-hmm. um, and. Okay. Also, if you are a patron, um, our Patreon will be archived at the end of this calendar year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that means anything to y'all. Just you won't be charged anymore ever by us uh, through, that, through that media. Yeah. So if that sounds good to you, uh, you can go to... Um, H T T P S colon slash slash the hyphen dirt hyphen podcast dot captivate dot FM slash support. (laughs) See, I told you this is why it's in the show notes.
0: It is cumbersome, but we will link it henceforth in the show notes.
1: And so something, um, something else to note, just like a, like truly in the weeds, um, captivate uses Stripe as its payment processor. Uh, so it, plays nicely with a few different types of like uh, Mm e-payments but also you can process payments in U.S. dollars uh, euros or pounds Mm -hmm. Uh, so hopefully that um, makes things a little bit easier for Mm. a few more folks Um, Mm -hmm. and and if you want to go in there and sign up for seven days and at six days and 22 and a half hours yeah if you you want to yeah. That's fine. Oh that's that's fine. We're happy you checked get it, it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, that's it. As kind of a, a one off, if you want to give a truly one of a kind gift this holiday season, or any season, anytime, you can sponsor an episode on the topic of your choice with a minimum donation of twenty five dollars through the Captivate tip jar, which is a function of our our news shiny new captivate page. Um at that same link that Amber read out. Uh, <laughs> oh, you don't want to read it again? <laughs> um, or you can still use our PayPal at paypal.me slash thedirtpodcast. Just in both cases, please make sure to include a note telling us what we're supposed to be doing. And speaking of sponsored episodes, this is one. <laughs> we're finally wearing down the backlog. Uh, this one was sponsored by uh, a friend of mine, Clark Gibson, who is a jazz musician. Uh, and a music professor so I hope I hope he listens and I hope I do a good job because it's been a long time since I (laughs) took any music theory and though I work exclusively in audio media now uh gosh I don't know I feel like there's a lot to mess up but I'll I can like
1: see the imposter syndrome entering your room right yeah it's
0: like visible stink (laughs) like a miasma yeah (laughs) One of those cartoon, like, steam trails with a little finger that says, come here, you faker. (laughs) Um, So I I will, for other reasons besides my own insecurities, lay down some caveats um, before we start out. So first of all, thank you, Clark, for sponsoring this episode. Sorry, it took me so long. This was a process. So, I mean, Amber was present for some of my struggles, but I had to take a few different angles. a, A lot of false starts. In this episode, um, the initial request was the history of the clave, which I will include. We will talk about, so you will find out, listener, what a clave is. Um, Are but we getting this, claveats, yeah, I'm laying down some claveats. Hey, this is what you bring to the show. Pew pew pew. <laughs> I got music theory. You got jokes. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Looking into the clave prompted a wider look at the music of the African diaspora. I initially had three separate people uh, that I was exchanging emails with, trying to set up interviews. In the end, all of them fell through, although I haven't, that's still on the back burner. Um, and then there was too much stuff and I got overwhelmed, but I figured out what <laughs> we're going to do. And here is the claveat. Because this is a podcast hosted by two white people, despite what Amber accidentally entered on her medical forms this year. <laughs> Have I shared that on the show? Not on the show. Oh, no. my
1: God. No, that was it was it's like totally it. an accident. And the people at their front desk were um, they were you just, like way too nice it. It was literally nice there was it. a box they to were,
0: check and you checked the wrong one.
1: And then she was like, oh, the because I, I opened with like, you know, I really appreciate like how... Um, like, respectful and, like, welcoming everyone is, and uh, especially through my my brief Rachel Dolezal period, <laughs> and, and she, like, Dead. started laughing and was like, oh, well, you know, the form is, the the, for, the form's kind of confusing. The layout's kind of confusing, and I'm like, oh, you're cute.
0: <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I filled out the form.
1: I was just like, I, <laughs> But, like, this, like, and this, this no, like, it was lo- this. This people. care group is also like they're just like so amazing, and they're so great about like uh, using people's correct names and like pronouns, and oh, like, yeah, respecting so like inclusive. all of the like the, all of this like a ama- like this like incredibly personal data. And they're just <laughs> like we're just going with we're treating you like like you as so I'm just like uh. not that <laughs> <It's>
0: like, <laughs> that's not me. I just I goofed. Yeah, so. so (laughs) So that's a glimpse into my life (laughs) yeah so there is uh so we're going to be talking about the history and sort of the music theory but not you know not too in those weeds um of the blues today and there is a lot of blues history that sort of intersects with the history of jazz the history of many many other musical genres the um History of the Black diaspora, the transatlantic slave trade, all of these things that, to some extent, while I want to convey some of that information as context, I feel that it's not exactly my story to tell. Um, and so Amber's going to hop in to read some quotes. We're going to do a bunch of context and history, um, and we're going to react to some audio. <laughs> Hopefully, the audio reaction isn't ah um but mostly this is going to be kind of a a curated report sort of with a dot 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 and hopefully in the coming episodes we will find a way to speak to some some experts who's who are more closely tied to the community whose story this is and who
1: aren't actively doing field work We're
0: about to do field work at the time. Yeah, that was, that was, it wasn't that I got like rudely ghosted by these academics. It was just like, I get it. You're so busy. Um, okay. So part one is where we actually, uh, answer the question. What's a clave? Um, and so we're going to talk about instruments. So. This is in the realm of instruments of the African diaspora. Listener, in case you didn't know this, because there were some things that I was surprised by in the course of this research, um, some of the instruments that are now kind of in many, many mainstream genres of music um, originated in Africa with West African populations that were then kind of spread all over the world through colonialism and slavery. So, um, in sort of the percussion family, you've got the marimba, which is kind of like a xylophone. It's got that like s- that uh, smooth jazz sound, but it's very okay. xylophone adjacent. Same, same general okay. family or same general okay. like It's sound. been a long
1: time since I took music appreciation.
0: Blinky, blinky, blinky. Yeah.
1: Um, I hope Mr. Appaloochee isn't listening to this. <laughs> He'd be so disappointed in me.
0: Oh, I, I mean, you can still appreciate sure music. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay. Uh, and in the string family, the banjo is uh-huh. a totally based on a traditionally African instrument. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, that is something for another time. Let's talk about the clave. Okay. So when you are referring to jazz or blues and you say clave, you you could be referring to... Uh, the instrument, which is a percussion is basically two sticks that you hit together, or you could be talking about a rhythm. Clave means key in Spanish. Um, it looks a little like, so it's, these are sticks of hardwood that have a very sort of piercing sound. Almost. It is a percussive sound, but it can mm-hmm. cut through the sound of, um, brass or, string instruments like you can much hear like it's the,
1: much like the cowbell and <laughs> the iconic snl sketch
0: mm-hmm. yeah the the or clave or serves the same function yes as a cowbell is a distinct and very sharp note that is it's really um it's, is it
1: used for keeping like it is it used for keeping time, keeping time? yeah like does everyone i mean does every other like musician in the the ensemble like kind of it depends who's leading for time but does it work a like a metronome, or is that's it like not its only function? Like it, a,
0: both. It's both. So okay. like, it depends on which musician is leading the the group, right? So if it's like the guitar player leading the group, then the the players follow the guitar player, and you know they oh, they so take cues from like a, each other.
1: So if it's like Genesis and like Phil Collins oh, is leading it. I've been really stressed about this episode because I don't know anything about music. But that's my job. I'm I'm overcomplicated. Let me do my job.
0: (laughs) Um, Clave also refers to, in addition to the instrument, it is a rhythm. It's a specific rhythmic backbone that shows up a lot in tropical music, um, like Afro Cuban music, salsa, merengue, the cha cha. Not the cha cha slide so much. Although I think that I actually I think there's uh, I think that I think there is <laughs> clave in the cha cha slide. Um, it's been a while since I've been to a bar mitzvah, but I don't know. Um, so you hear this rhythmic pattern and sound in oh, I'm Cuban sorry, music. We're just
1: going to glaze over the description of what it looks like.
0: Oh, uh, it looks like a wooden hot dog without the bun. Two of them that you smack so together.
1: Like, yeah, so it looks like a hot dog. <laughs> a hot dog without the bun is a hot dog.
0: Yes, but if I had said hot dog that Could conceptually include the full item that is hot dog in bun with condiment. It looks like a frankfurter. So so yes, clave also refers to the two three or three two rhythm. Two three is bum 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 bum. Okay. So so you've got one two one two three one two one two three, and then as you might suspect, three two is just kind of transposing those two parts. So it's one two three. One two. Some clips to give examples of what we're talking about. So here is a clave playing the clave rhythm. Ooh, so meta. So those those rhythms so have made their way so into pop music. Of, but that is time. Right? That is time rhythm. The time yes. signature. Yes, that is the time signature. Nice. Um, okay, thank you. So yeah, so this this mixes in with the A- African diaspora because um, the other the slave trade was going to other parts of the world as well, and so all of the Spanish ships going to Cuba and the New World after 1492. We yeah. um, so all of those ships those were made of Spanish hardwood. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sourced from Sevilla. And so Cuban hardwood, so trees like mm-hmm. rosewood, grenadilla, or ebony, um, was used for ship repair and shipbuilding kind of on the other end of that journey. And so these the tropical forests have these hardwood trees. And clave, again, I said it means key. Clave was a little post used to kind of lock the planks of a ship into place. Okay. Um, like more? Yep. Is it like mortise and tenon? Uh, well, mortise building? and tenon
1: you lock into place, but there's um you pin, in, pin, in pin like and pin and something.
0: Well, yeah. So the clave is the pin. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. yeah. So the it's this very very um, hard very if dense I remember wooden correctly, pin.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, like Amish, like Amish barns and things like that's where it. There's no metal, it's it's all locking. It all mm-hmm. locks into place, yeah, just like the... very
0: skillful carpentry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yes, these pegs were used to fasten the the wood planking together. And so okay, okay, these were people who had been sort of, you know, violently removed from their community. And one of the things that was a huge part of that community was shared music, and especially the oral traditions and and music that, carried their history. Right. And so drumming and rhythm and sort of the timekeeping sort of, of, Mm -hmm. of percussion, um, was not available to them because they, their drums were taken away. Right. So no, that it was not, it wasn't just you were taking you without your possessions. Right. It was like, this is heathen music, nothing that might be, you know, comforting or uplifting in the slightest. So, because there
1: was also like the the, puritanical, yeah, no fun at all, Christianity of it, yeah, yeah, but but also, so yeah, there's the one thing of like this is heathen music, and um, uh, but there's also the um, it's dehumanizing to
0: have it's
1: that's yeah, and that's the point, it is a a time honored tradition of like, uh, <laughs> imperial forces to break the social fabric. Yeah. Uh, because if you allow people to connect around a shared ident- identity, uh, you're giving them a source of strength and you yeah. don't want them to have a source of strength because you want them. Because that uh, strength
0: could be used against you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, um, and, and, and then also having, um, being afraid of, of cultural practices um, or spiritual practices that uh, aren't a particular uh, manifestation of Christianity. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. And so they may have been taken away from their instruments, but they still had the memory of that music and those oral traditions. That is the point of an oral tradition. And so clave pieces were lying around the ship in case Repairs needed to be made, so they made those spare pegs into sticks that could be used as rhythm instruments. And Because, again, hardwood in particular has that very crisp, piercing sound, like it really carries. Um, And so that was part of getting past that disruption to still pass on the musical traditions. And so speaking of those musical traditions, we should talk a little bit about griot. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is a bit of a teaser of future episodes
0: oh. altogether. Uh, okay, oh, okay. So, um, a
1: jarring shift in tone. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to read now yeah, from, um, America's
0: Black Holocaust Museum. I mean, not that much of a shift in tone. I mean, from the,
1: ah, noise. Oh, yes. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it is. Mm. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I mistook. So, <laughs>
1: Grio. Pronounced Grio. That
0: was for it's you, the f- not the listener.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Grio. Yeah. Grio is the French name given to oral historians of West Africa. Traditional griots travel from city to city and village to village as living newspapers, carrying in their heads an incredible store of local history and current events. They pass on their knowledge of history by singing traditional songs, which they must recite accurately without errors or deviations. Uh, They also make up songs as they go to share current events, gossip, political commentary, and satire, end quote. So a central component of the music that came out of the African diaspora of the transatlantic slave trade was relating life experiences, often tragic, sometimes poignant or darkly funny. These musical styles include, but are not limited to, and please don't write us emails about multicultural musical influences and melting pots. We do know, Mm -hmm. and we're sharing that now, but Mm -hmm. it includes (laughs) jazz, gospel, soul, and the blues. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Uh, musician and author Deborah Devi writing for American blues scene. So she wrote a history or glossary of blues terminology called the language of the blues. Uh, The link will be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quote. In West Africa, a griot is a singer-historian who keeps the oral histories of families, tribes, and dynasties alive in song. Griots serve the same purpose as the bards and scalds of medieval European courts once did. Griots keep and also comment upon the history of the court. As Alan Lomax explained in The Land Where the Blues Began, quote, they, griots, are social satirists whose verses once on a time dethroned chieftains, end quote. Uh, continuing with Davies' quote here, uh, what's interesting about griots with regard to the blues is that unlike most West African musicians, they accompany themselves and usually sing alone. Most West African music is performed in groups and is dominated by drumming and dancing. The griot, in contrast, plays a stringed instrument, such as the kora and sings while others sit and listen attentively. Bomax suggested in the land where the blues began that, quote, through the work of performers like Sid Hemphill, Blind Lemon Jefferson, Charlie Patton, and their like, the Griot tradition has survived full-blown in America with hardly an interruption, end mm-hmm.
0: quote. Which brings us to the blues themselves. Um, and I should mention there, there are genres of music that I that I didn't really touch on, but the, the Griot tradition, the sort of um, – social commentary, satire, but also, like, just sort of storytelling, that translates directly into into rap as well. And sort of the, the birth mm-hmm. of hip-hop is there, too. But, again, so not an expert. So um, let's talk a little bit about the history of the blues. Okay, so uh, as Amber said, blues as a performance style was initially, and still kind of is, mostly single, self-accompanied mm-hmm. singers. And so this is or was, um, after the civil war, this was kind of a move away from spirituals or work songs, which were types of music that enslaved people, um, sort of were allowed to sing sort of, uh, were allowed to, uh, engage in, in the fields or in whatever labor they were performing. Um, and understandably, uh, perhaps if you regain your freedom, you don't want to sing those work songs anymore. Um, but, but blues is heavily influenced by a lot of the, or,
1: or you're also allowed to have greater freedom in what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that it's like, you and like the choice that that
0: comes with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because it's also like the content, Mm -hmm. like the, the lyrical content of the songs was, was Oh yeah, we'll get, we'll get censored. yeah. Yeah. And so it's a way to, uh, sort of expand, Mm -hmm. Um, to talk sort of explicitly about things that could only be touched upon implicitly
0: Mm -hmm. uh, in previous uh, forms of the genre. Mm -hmm. So again, blues is heavily influenced by these traditions, but is moving towards something else. Um, I wanted to mention one thing, which is uh, I think probably a lot of people who just know a little bit about blues in the history of the blues will have in their heads that story about the musician Robert Johnson um, selling his soul to the devil at the crossroads. That's something that, like, I'd love to find um, an expert to talk more about that in general, because that is something that, I, as I learned through articles I was reading, also comes from West African tradition, the idea of, of deals made at crossroads and sort of... Um, oh, I
1: thought it was just racist.
0: Well, it may also be that.
1: Well, that it was, that it was, uh, yeah. something that, that, um, a like, you know, white critical audience was, was willing to sort of accept as. Yeah. Well, that's, this is why I'm hesitating would... because yeah. like,
0: many of the sources linked this okay. to histories of spiritual practice in West Africa, but also I, you know, out of my depth and I don't want to. Yeah.
1: Well, Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd love to learn more about that because that also could could is you know there are many cases of something that is that has like a a, a very contextualized um, mm-hmm. origin that is then decontextualized and appropriated. Mm-hmm. Um, that and so and that kind of ends up losing. Yeah, uh, and so this this sort of like desire to like rectify ends up erasing everything rather than yeah
0: so other common elements that come from the african roots of the blues and again other associated musical genres include call and response or repetition of a phrase that has two parts so like i'm waiting for a train waiting for a train to come or something like that and that would be repeated Mm -hmm. a few times um Another aspect is a, a new fun vocab word that I learned or possibly relearned, if I knew it ever, at all, uh, melisma, which is stretching a single syllable of text, so a lyric, or just a syllable within a lyric, um, over multiple notes. Other influences on the blues that speak to African history, notably Islamic musical tradition. Um, and so, Amber, if you would, this is a, this is a lengthy quote, but all right. bear with us. So
1: I'm going to... I'm going to read a lengthy quote here from a 2004 article published in the San... I just held my breath for a long time. I I just had like waking apnea. I don't know what just happened. (laughs) 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 Try again. (laughs) Uh, Quoting now from a 2004 article in the San Francisco Chronicle. Quote... Sylviane Diouf knows her audience might be skeptical, so to demonstrate the connection between Islam and American blues music, she'll play two recordings. The Muslim Call to Prayer, the religious recitation that's heard from mosques around the world, um, and folks' phones on your flight. <laughs> if they didn't. If they didn't bring you. headphones. Great. <laughs> uh and Levy Camp Holler, an early type of blues song that first sprang up in the Mississippi Delta more than 100 years ago. Uh, Levy Camp Hop, Holler is no ordinary song. It's the product of ex-slaves who worked moving earth all day in post-Civil War America. As in the call to prayer, Levy Camp ha- Levy Camp Holler emphasizes words that seem to quiver and shake in the reciter's vocal cords. Dramatic changes in musical scales punctuate both Levy Camp Holler and the call to prayer. A nasal intonation is evident in both. This is the aforementioned melisma. Okay. So the I know kind what it of, is. I want to yeah, say kind yeah. of yodely. It, it's like, a, there's a, it's almost like a trill.
0: Yeah, like in a, the back of the throat. Yeah, Yeah. that's in the call to prayer Um, and the kind of the wavering between sort of semitones of music, like in the scale, which um, I will explain. So
1: a uh, so having heard many a call to many prayers throughout (laughs) the day, I uh, I'm not saying that I like am like a connoisseuse of them, but I've heard (laughs) a lot and I've and I've heard I've heard a lot of them live. Yeah. um, And not. All of them are equal in their calling, but like <laughs>
0: but just, yeah, some warbles um, are more uh, tuneful than others.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm. uh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. I've heard some extremely mellifluous warbles, and there is a, um, there is there is like truly a, a beauty. Like there's a like mm. weight mm-hmm. in it, and and so the the you don't hear. You don't you don't hear the breaks between the words like it is. Yeah, it, it's a it wandering flows. kind of. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: OK, I know what it is now. Thank you. <laughs> this is everyone why I was like, I'll explain it. I can't do it. Everyone else who doesn't get that reference. Deal with
0: it. I'm going <laughs> to drop a clip in. OK,
1: good. OK, good, good. So <laughs> you, who is an author and scholar uh, and a researcher at New York's Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture says. I did a talk a few years ago at Harvard where I played those two things and the room absolutely exploded in clapping because the connection was obvious. People were saying, wow, that's really audible. It's really there. Um, It's really there because of all the enslaved Muslims from West Africa who were taken by force to the United States for three centuries, from the 1600s to the mid-1800s. Upward of 30% of enslaved people in the United States were Muslim, and an untold number of them spoke and wrote Arabic, historians say now. Despite being pressured to adopt Christianity and give up their old ways, many of these slaves continued to practice their religion and customs or otherwise melded traditions from Africa into their new- environment in the antebellum south forced to do menial black backbreaking work on plantations for example they still managed throughout their days to voice a belief in god and of the in the god of the quran these practices eventually evolved decades and decades later parallel with different singing traditions from africa into the shouts and hollers that begat blues music
0: historians believe hey it's me again the Interrupting editor from the future. So I'm going to drop two clips here for illustration of what we just talked about. So the first clip will be the call to prayer, and then the second will be a short segment from Levy Camp Holler. Here we go.
1: Allahu akbar. Allahu akbar. Allahu akbar. I hear I get it. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: And I'm going to in the actual episode, I will edit in some illustrative clips. Um, Yeah. So the the person who is generally regarded by musicologists and historians as the father of the blues um, was a man named W.C. Handy. And so he was the father of the blues, not because he was the first to sing the blues, definitely wasn't, um, or because he was a noted black musician. What he was, uh, but because he did a lot to define and formalize the genre over a 40 year career of songwriting and performing. Oh, wow. Yeah. His, his so he instrument-
1: was Like an, like an auto, ethnomusicologist.
0: It, I don't think it was a deliberate formalization, but because his, I don't know, but because like he, he wrote about, he had, he wrote an autobiography about sort of himself and the blues and his, yeah. um, yeah, but but yes, um it's sort of interesting to be a person who defines a genre and also thinks about that like yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, like that <clears>
1: self-consciousness <throat> is yeah. fascinating.
0: Yeah, and um just incidentally his specialist instrument was the cornet, which was like a
1: It's a it's a little trumpet.
0: Okay, it's a little It's baby a trumpet. little trumpet. It's a little trumpet. Ha! Okay, great.
1: Look at me now, Mr. Appellucci. I am appreciating
0: in- <laughs> this music. <laughs> in his 1941 autobiography, not your music teacher, W.C. Handy, <laughs> uh, he writes about a moment in 1903 that prescribed the arc of his career. Um, Handy was sleeping at a train station in Mississippi. He, he'd, you know, it was a long day of traveling, got to the train station, middle of the night, decided to sleep there till morning, when... Quoting from the autobiography, a lean, loose-jointed Negro had commenced plucking a guitar beside me while I slept. His clothes were rags, his feet peeped out of his shoes. His face had on it some of the sadness of the ages. As he played, he pressed a knife on the strings of the guitar. The effect was unforgettable. His song, too, struck me instantly. The singer repeated the line, Go on where the Southern crossed the dog, three times, accompanying himself on the guitar with the weirdest music I had ever heard. End quote. So that song um, was about a nearby train station where different trains intersected, where the southern line crossed the... I don't know what the dog line is, but that sounds like a train I'd like to be on. Dog train! Um... And so, as Handy also wrote, quote, Southern Negroes sang about everything. Trains, steamboats, steam whistles, sledgehammers, fast women, mean bosses, stubborn mules, all became subjects for their songs. They accompanied themselves on anything from which they can extract a musical sound or rhythmical effect, anything from a harmonica to a washboard. In this way, and from these materials, they set the mood for what we now call the blues end quote. So that technique that Handy witnessed, uh, pressing a knife onto the guitar strings. Yeah. Uh, It was when I first read that, it didn't, but it's the blunt end of the, like the side of the Mm -hmm. knife, not, yeah. (laughs) Um, And that technique can be traced to Central and West Africa where people play one string zithers, a resonant string instrument uh, using, you know, using a piece of metal. So Handy assumed the technique, which is now what slide guitar is, which shows up in country music and in sort of like Polynesian music. Um, mm-hmm. He assumed it, it, that it had been borrowed from Hawaiian guitar playing, but it's more likely, uh, according to music historians at least, that the musician that Handy met was drawing from African roots and drawing yeah, from a sound a big, that a, had been passed along to him or that he remembered. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's... it it um. It's a it's a part of like bluegrass gospel, too, Mm -hmm. Um, which I know because Mm -hmm. I know, you know, uh, my uncle, the master luthier.
0: So I wanted. I've always wanted to make I've always wanted to make stringed instruments. I want to be a luthier. It seems
1: pretty hard.
0: Yeah, I know. Um,
1: But but if you want, I can I can hook you up with one of his his classes.
0: Oh, gosh. In all my spare time. I know. Mm. Yeah, I've made a, I've made a cigar box guitar. That was fun.
1: This one's harder.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: I've okay. seen him do some stuff, and it was you have to steam really wood to and bend like it. Make and... yeah, bend wood. Wild. All right, here. Um, I'll, I'll, yep, we're gonna hit the Yikesberg now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Marketing the blues. Yikes. So I'm quoting from the Library of Congress uh, Life Today blog by historian Stephanie Hall. This is part of their uh, American Life Center.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, Rick
0: I think quote, the listeners can hear the face you just made <laughs> at me.
1: I just have so much work to do and it's all I bleeding know. together. Let me come into your space. <laughs> Rick Quote Recording these new musical genres for wider distribution was a challenge because those who controlled the recording industry, who were mainly white, felt that blues and jazz should be performed by white musicians.
0: There's the Yikesberg. Yikesberg, <laughs> ahoy.
1: Sound logic to me. Sure. <sighs> Recordings by African American musicians, by their standards, could only be marketed to African Americans and so received more limited distribution segregated society also made it difficult for black and white musicians to perform and be recorded together although this did happen in informal settings
0: yeah like A some problem, people are cool <laughs> you know just not
1: in fact yeah yeah just in, in not fact, like, we can't judge people by the standards of their time in any time because in fact
0: some at people all weren't times racist.
1: there have been people who weren't awful
0: yeah. Speaking of a problem of the time,
1: a problem of the time was that many white musicians and singers did not understand the blue notes and menstrual shows. Is that how you say it? Or am I saying it like a minstrel. show on their
0: period? No, I mean, that is also how you pronounce menstrual, but it's minstrel. Yeah.
1: It's one of them wrong. Do
0: I say one of them wrong? No, you just say one of them the way you say okay. you say both of them the way you say. Okay. We're, okay, uh, thank you. Uh,
1: I don't know. I get so you're, nervous. And you're
0: minstrel valid. shows
1: of the <laughs> minstrel shows of the time made fun of African Americans, presenting them as caricatures in blackface. Yep. There were a few singers who were sought out by African American songwriters because they were able to sing the blues convincingly. Marion Harris, a singer we know little about, was attractive, popular. And could sing the blues and jazz. And she was white. And she was lady. Okay. And she was white lady. I, yes, I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I didn't. She was probably from Chicago and may have learned the blues there. Uh, and this, this article links to a World War I era recording of her, uh, not only singing a jazzy song, but also reciting a toast. Toasts are an African American poem, usually recited by men. Composer Turner Layton and lyricist Henry Kramer had a cause expressed in this song. They wanted Americans to know that African Americans were going to war for their country and doing a good job. It would not, it would not do, it would not do for the song only to be heard by African Americans. They used music and humor to get their message across.
0: Yeah, and so this this um, particular song. The title is escaping me, but it's something like Goodbye, Alexander, something, something. But it's, it's in the same sort of family as like Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, sort of like, boys are going off to war. So long, fellas. Um, I hope you come back soon, sweetheart. You know, that kind of thing. But uh, this was by, you know, two black, black songwriters. So get it in those ears. So did someone say blue notes? It's music theory time.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, let's, we're just going to talk a little bit about what makes the blues blue. What's a blue note? And then I will uh, haul out my guitar and do Are some Are you going to sing the blues? I'm not going to sing the blues, but I will play some things. Um. So a little more from that Library of Congress blog post from 2017 by Stephanie Taylor. Quote, Among many African-Americans, there was a desire to move away from musical forms such as spirituals, which were identified with slavery days, and yet they also wanted musical styles of their own. A new sound arose in street and community music of African-Americans in the late 19th century. It was usually one singer, accompanied by a guitar and characterized by bent or blue notes, not on the standard scale. Should note, not on the standard Western musical scale. These notes likely had... what is that? Sorry. That's the do, re, mi, fa, so the the your your standard. Okay. Do you want me to play a standard scale? Let's do that.
1: Yes. So this is right. the like, C B D.
0: Yeah, but I mean it F. the scale it doesn't matter. I so don't I don't So, how a, a scale is uh-huh. Let me actually let me adjust the mic a little bit. Okay. So a scale is traveling musically from a note to the note, an octave above it. So then right? so there's eight. There are eight steps in a scale. Some of them are whole steps. Some of them are half steps. So here is an octave. This is a low A. And this is also an A. But higher. You know, the, if we're getting into the physics of yeah. it, the actual frequency of the note is higher. Okay. Right? The more, more waves yeah yeah okay so okay so a standard scale referred to in this article is right do re mi fa so right so that is a progression of in terms of like the steps between notes whole whole half whole, whole whole half so this is a whole step that's do to re, but a half step instead of this, you have. So the half step is, it's the the tone between do and re. So if I were to play all three of those notes, it would be. So that is going up by half steps. And so So
1: this, does the scale, you said the scale has both, it's a combo well, and half steps.
0: Mm-hmm. So the, why, why?
1: Like, why is it include like the higher half steps, but not the lower ones?
0: Right. So the, there are a number of types of scales. So there, the major scale is just it, it's because of the way that um, Western music sort of has coalesced into the the particular sound. It has what are called modes, which are like different ways that you play the scales and the scales themselves could be major or minor. So like... As opposed to... Right? So... That's a minor scale, right? That's a do, re, mi, fa, sol in minor. Um, So those blue notes, right... Those are the notes that so if you if you picture kind of a very sort of square (laughs) um, Western scale based song, so like twinkle, twinkle, little star, right? That is on on that scale. There are no real blue notes in that. So um, blue notes are the notes that exist sort of between as you kind of slide from one note to the other. So I'm going to play the major scale again, and then I'm going to play the pentatonic scale, which
1: is... Oh, I don't like them. They're like their Christmas stuff sucks. Uh, Well,
0: controversial um, opinion. No, hot take. um, (laughs) Well, they, they named (laughs) themselves for the pentatonic scale, which in fact is very cool. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I'm going to play um a major scale again and then in okay. comparison in the same key i'm going to play the pentatonic scale
1: i'm trying to go back to when my preacher 16 year old daughter gave me piano lessons and really that's really hard for me <laughs> in a lot
0: of ways. i'm sorry to make but you relive I'm, that um but you can you but can I'm just try you know, to like you can divest yourself of that because this that, no. really has nothing to do with okay we so. had to
1: stop recording because amber got too triggered <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so the, the. Okay, so okay, so that was the major scale, play, right? Okay, so if I extend that all the way up the strings of the guitar, it's right. That was two yeah. octaves. If okay. I play a in the same key, I'm in the key of A. In case anyone wanted to know, um, I'm going to play a pentatonic scale. In the same key, and I—the I, thing that I want you to to pay attention to is the sound of the sort of the the sp- sound of the spaces between the notes. The spaces between the notes of the pentatonic scale are sort of closer together. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ready? I'm sorry. I just like
1: had to physically restrain myself from doing a Dave Matthews <laughs> impression. Murder,
0: tweet murder. Shut up. Here is the pentatonic scale in the same key. So, especially this kind of. So, that yeah. the blue notes, those notes between the notes, this sort of sliding. Yeah. Going from tone to tone in kind of a slide or you can even on a guitar, not so much on a piano or or something, but you can do a bend. So, right, I'm physically bending the string with my finger. So I could go, those are two different frets on the guitar, and so that's a half tone, but I could get the same effect by going, right? And so songs based in the pentatonic scale have a different sound to them right? So the blue note is, is a note and, and sort of the, the scale in which blue notes exist is, um, for expression, right? It has a lot more expression than sort of standard scale. Um, they can mean lots of things that like the, whatever you're trying to convey. Um, but uh, one quality sort of, um, musically speaking, like actual musically theory speaking, um, is that they tend to be kind of lower than than standard or than expected. Um, so, you know, instead like of... Like lower
1: in pitch?
0: Yeah, just like not reaching the note you expect it to, to get to. So, instead of going... Um, Let me see. Right? Instead of going... Da, 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 I went so it's you're not getting to that da, you're like, da, reach, you're, you're you're like, like uh, reaching for it yeah right. but but you kind of slide okay. away from it and it's it's a very it's, it has a different effect so like yeah. that's one yeah so like the expressive quality of the blue note is, and this is what it tickled me so much in the earlier um, excerpt that you read, popular white musicians at the time didn't understand the blue note because everything was sort of, uh, popular music at the time was very sort of yeah. like simple, not not necessarily simple, like it, it could have been, but it's... like Plunk, plunk 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 plunk. Yeah, like that it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> dee dee it's more like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I, um, you know, I'm not much of a, a bluesist, but there are particular kind of phrases. Bluesist is not a real word, don't. <laughs> um, but that kind of slide between notes, so things like. Uh, <laughs> that kind of thing or the let me end on the right (laughs) right so that sort of um ability so in in maybe this is the way to explain it in the standard western do re mi scale the notes are very fixed points Mm -hmm. the pentatonic scale and and sort of blue notes by comparison, uh, can wander much more fluidly among those fixed points. Like, yes, the pentatonic scale has specific notes. You get from octave to octave, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there's sort of more wiggle room. It's a more fluid and I think therefore more expressive um, Mm -hmm. way of, of making music. And I... Well, oh, like to. there's
1: there's more more texture against which you can apply emotion. Yeah,
0: that's a yeah, that's a better way to. Because it's not you know blues can be very simple. It's not like there's yeah. this complex orchestration going on in order to con- convey big emotions, right? So yeah. it could be just a, a single person singing. Yeah, because it's a, it's
1: one it's you know often like it seems to be often one person one instrument, not like layers very of orchestration
0: yeah right usually very simple and like
1: uh the zoom is zoom is cutting this out for me but i'm sure well it's gonna sound great on the up.
0: recording um, yeah, I'm sure. but yeah <laughs> but in general yeah um the <laughs> instrumentation can be very be very simple but um not the not the sort of feel of the song yeah um yeah, and I happen to love blues and jazz. Um, you know, I don't want to get emails about, you know, uh, melting pot and musical crossover and whatever, but there is a big history of of Jewish musicians who um, were very prominent in jazz and the blues and sort of that. You know, I tend to, you know, I, I often joke, like, all the songs that... I heard growing up in temple, they're all they're all minor, right? There's a very sort of melancholy, kind of wavery sound in the in a yeah. very similar way to the Islamic music tradition, that sort of fluid.
1: Well. And and also just like the like and and a like classic hallmark of like orientalizing music. Like yeah. you know, sort of the art style. So those very like, like my, my favorite semi-times. Christmas, my favorite Christmas hymn, Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silent, is <laughs> <laughs> is uh is in a minor tone and like you know I love that one it's kings. a real box. like just thinking about like thinking about the the songs that are uh like in this in this time of year um mm. like thinking like I um I remember at a young age like noticing that the songs that talked about the east like from whence the three <laughs> kings came <laughs> and those were in minor keys and and so the song yeah, that um, da da da.
0: yeah <laughs> again that's that is how all jewish yeah. songs not nah, uh, that's a lie but oh no. that like, just like that okay yeah, yeah <laughs> da 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 da. uh-huh uh-huh so so building off of off of that right so music mm-hmm. is constantly shifting as as people find new sounds or rediscover old sounds or um, and people
1: find each other
0: yeah, and, and blend I think musical it's, it's traditions. A valuable,
1: it's like a valuable observation to make about sort of the overlap between um, um like musicians, American musicians from the Jewish diaspora, and American mm-hmm. musicians from the African diaspora. Of yeah. like that. Um, Not
0: just similar sounds, often, but a sort often of...
1: found them on the
0: same side of a lot mm-hmm. of spaces, being mm-hmm. the outside. And <laughs> yeah. And so that's. The not in some spaces. Yeah. Uh,
1: like that. And so that there is, um, you know, there's, there's grounds for uh, collaboration, whether it be uh, musical or political or like, yeah, uh, so like those, or those just, sorts of, or
0: just, you like each other and you want to play music together. Like that's, that's yeah. also pretty great. Um, yeah. So I just want to wrap up with uh, a brief quote from Britannica. Quote, The Great Depression and World Wars caused the geographic dispersal of the blues as millions of blacks left the South for cities of the North. The blues became adapted to the more sophisticated urban environment. Okay, Britannica.
1: Cool, Britannica. Yeah,
0: cool. Cool (laughs) take. Um, Lyrics took up urban themes, and the blues ensemble developed as the solo bluesman. Bluesman? No. If he's Jewish. Blues person? Is that what you want? Blues person was joined by a, a pianist or a harmonica player and then by a rhythm section consisting of bass and drums. The electric guitar and amplified harmonica created a driving sound of great rhythmic and emotional intensity. So as the... Well, not, not just as um, sort of society shifted, but as um, musical technology shifted. Like once yeah. you have an electric guitar and you can get that like crunchy growly sound, you can make the blues sound different. And once you add more, more instrumentation, you can you know, it, uh, there is a very big difference between the blues of like the 1920s and the blues of now. Uh, the 2020s? The 2020s. Yes. You kinda, yeah. um, I mean, the, there is a, a big difference and there's also a lot of continuity. Um, yeah. So I'm going to wrap the episode here because until we can find the right experts to talk to, I feel that Going deeper into the story of the blues and the lived experiences of the people who made that music, what it is, is is both beyond my uh, musical theory ability to talk about, and is not my story to tell. So that is what I have, um, I that is what I have brought to you today, Amber and listeners. I hope you enjoyed it.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the um, the the course in music theory. I really appreciated that.
0: I hope it made sense. I uh, it's been I. I mean, the last time I actively was thinking about music theory was sophomore year of undergrad. The last
1: time you theorized some music.
0: <laughs> the last time I, yeah, I made some theoretical didn't you,
1: music. Did you like minor in it or something?
0: I was going to, and then the the class load didn't like the the classes for my major made the classes for that minor non-takeable because oh, all the they were sorry all about
1: that. Everford. Sorry about that major.
0: But yes, I was going to minor in in sort of music theory slash composition, and it's still kind of a big part of things I love to do and think about. But and I'm so glad that I could um, find an excuse to bring that to the podcast. Yeah, so, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.